I believe that every group has a personality and is its own entity. So if you can show up fully as you in your group and be the leader of that culture and the ethos that you create, that's a really strong starting point for um, an engaged group that you can create clients from. Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. I just had the best conversation with my friend Julie Ritchie, and you are about to listen to it on today's podcast episode. Julie helps female entrepreneurs and coaches create clients, and what we talked about today is her four client-generating activities that she recommends to her clients. And they're amazing, and I'm so excited for you to hear them. So get a pen and paper, get ready to listen, and enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to be here today with my friend, Julie Ritchie. You guys are in for a treat, especially if you have a Facebook group. This is going to be a great episode because Julie's going to share a lot of really valuable tips about the connection between your Facebook group and the clients that you want. So Julie is a coach for female entrepreneurs and coaches who want to create clients and their first six-figure year without sacrificing their health, their wellness, and their relationships, which if you've been an entrepreneur for any length of time, you know that those are some of the things that can definitely um, get compromised if we're not very careful about it. So this is going to be a really powerful session today to hear from Julie about how we cannot sacrifice some of those most important things in our life. Um, And her company is called Do Business Like a Woman. So Julie, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, thanks, Nicole. I'm really excited to be here and looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. And Julie and I have been friends for a couple of years now. We met through a coaching group that we were both in together, um, which I will say is probably one of my favorite things about being an entrepreneur and investing in myself is not just the guidance I get from my coach, but the people I meet in the communities that I put myself in, people just like you that become friends and you know, I see as like, wow, enriching my journey, enriching this experience that I've chosen because of the people that I've been able to meet along the way. And you're one of them. Oh, well, absolutely. And, you know, Nicole, you are someone who continues to inspire me. You have since I met you. I follow your journey. I think what you teach is amazing. And it really is about about being in the company of people who inspire you, people who can, you can look at and think, oh, look at her doing that. That's great. I'm going to do a bit of that. I'm going to incorporate that in my journey, too. And that way we lift each other up. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like we are all walking permission slips for everybody else. And you know, I always love that story of the four minute mile. I'm sure you've heard it where everybody said it couldn't be done. And every scientist, every doctor, there's no way the human body can actually run the four minute mile. And then when somebody did it immediately, guess what happened? A bunch of other people started doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's because they saw what was possible for them. And, and at any given point in our lives, that's who we are. We are showing somebody else what's possible for their life, which is why it's so important that we show up as the fullest expression of us even when it's scary, even when it feels vulnerable, 
we were talking about this earlier on my group coaching call, because it can feel really daunting to kind of put yourself out there because not everybody's going to like it. Mm-hmm. So not everybody has to. Not everybody no, has You to. can build a beautiful business just with the people who do, right? The people who are interested and want what you have. And yep. it's better that some people go away and some people come towards you. Totally, totally. And giving them that free will to make that decision is a beautiful thing, right? Like people get to decide what's best for them and what they like. And sometimes that might not be you. And that's okay, because there are people who really need you. There are people who need you to show up exactly as you are. And I think about like, even the coach that you and I have worked with and other coaches that I've had, it's like, had they not said yes to themselves and shown up the way that they did, I wouldn't have seen um, examples of what's possible for my life. 100% yes and we each get to do it in our own way so I know certainly near the beginning of my journey I used to really emanate my coach and think that I had to be the same way as her what I've come to realize and see for myself is that I get to be me and my clients get to be them so you know we can model things from other people coaches people we admire but ultimately what wants to come through you you know what's your message and if I'm thinking of one of my clients now, you know, if you're a bit softer in your way, that's okay. And if you're a bit more direct, that's okay. So full permission to be yourself and the right people will come and work with you. Yeah. Cause somebody needs you just like that. If you've, cause I, I know for me, it's like, I've been told I'm too much. <laughs> um, probably. For some. Go, and, go and look for something less then. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. Oh, so what you're saying is I'm too much. So does that mean you're less than like, you know, I don't want to make it about about that. But really, I am going to be too much for some people. But I'm going to be exactly what other people need, because they have that same too muchness in them, which isn't even too much. It's just there's something about them that will light up when they see me being it. And and we all have that right when we are, I call it flying your your freak flag when we are flying our own freak flag. Other people have that same flag going on and it will it will light something up in them when we see that. And so it is important for us to show up as ourselves and be our fullest expression, which isn't always easy. I like mm-hmm. to say entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Definitely not. It is a journey and it is a personal development course, I would say. But that's a really nice way to segue into talking about Facebook groups, because I believe that every group has a personality and is its own entity. So if you can show up fully as you in your group and be the leader of that culture and the ethos that you create, that's a really strong starting point for um, an engaged group that you can create clients from. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's that's a perfect a perfect way to state it, too. Like it's it's your group. Show up in there exactly as you are. And then what you're creating in a community is a community of people who really resonate with the truth of who you are, not somebody that you're pretending to be. And to me, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but I think it just makes it so much easier to show up because you're not you're not showing up under any kind of disguise. You're just showing up as you. Absolutely. And I believe that now more than ever, people are seeking real. They're seeking the words overused, but they're seeking authentic And sometimes people will say to me, well, 
my Facebook group is not engaged. It's like a ghost town. There's nothing going on there. And I say to them, well, how much energy and love do you have for your Facebook group? Because I've certainly been there. I'm not talking from up on a pedestal. But what I noticed in my journey is the times when my Facebook group felt and went a bit flat is when I had lost the mojo for it. It's when I really wasn't showing up fully and putting love and energy into it. You know, I think of it like a garden. If we're going to plant seeds, we need to water them. We need to be there every day. They need sun. They need tending to. They need weeding. The Facebook group's the same, right? How much are you showing up? How much love are you pouring in? How excited are you to be in your own group? I know we can't always be excited, but if we're not excited about our own group, is it any surprise if there's not engagement there? So if you're struggling with that, what would inspire you? You know, just have a think about, well, how could I fall in love with my group? Maybe you've been in another group and you love something about it. You love the community, you love um, a particular way that someone shows up. You can model that in your group, but ultimately it's your creation. What do you want to create? Right. That's exactly it. And I think that's, to me, so liberating to realize, wait, I can do anything I want in there. I can do it my way. And I think it's important, too, to remember it is not just important, but necessary for you to do it your way. Because otherwise, whose way are you doing it as, right? Like, or, or why are you trying to do it in any way other than the truth of who you are? It's like dating. I think of it as dating all the time. If I'm not representing myself, my true self, then aren't we eventually going to get to a place where like the fifth date, it's going to feel weird because I'm not actually who I was then is not actually who I am. Your community is going to feel the same way. If you're not showing up as who you really are, eventually the truth is going to come out. Yeah, absolutely. Discovery calls are your opportunity to help somebody say yes to changing their life. And I bet you wish you knew how to get more of those yeses on the calls. Because really, that's what you're there to do. You're there to help somebody say yes to the transformation that you can help them achieve. So wouldn't it be great if you knew exactly how to prepare for the call, exactly what to do on the call, how to have the money conversation on the call, like all the things that you would need to know in order to make the call a success? Well, I have something just for you, a complimentary workshop coming up called Nail the Sale, exactly what you need to say to reach 100K. This is everything you need to know to master discovery calls, how to prepare for the call, the mindset of the sale, exactly what to do on the call, what to do to handle objections, how to have the money conversation, how to receive payment on the call. This is a three-day extravaganza that you don't want to miss out on because I'm telling you everything that you need to know about discovery calls so that you can reach that 100K mark because that's exactly how I did it and I want to share all my secrets with you. So grab the link in the show notes. Join us on September 19th, 20th, and 21st to get everything you need to know to nail the sale. I think sometimes people think that they need to come up with the the next big idea, the next new thing. And not necessarily, you know, it can just be, well, you have a Facebook group, you commit to certain content, perhaps you show up once a week and do a live or maybe more than that, you, you get to decide. But ultimately, what we mean is just make it your own, you know, have it feel like you show up excited, share some value, talk to your audience, find out what they want. It can be a community. You know, one thing I love about Facebook groups, it's not a one way conversation. It really is a two way conversation. You know, we know marketing should be a two way conversation. 
The difference between a group and a page is you get to engage with your audience more. You get to bring them in and, and poll them and ask them questions and what do they want you to create and have them be part of that creation process, which is great for creating clients and brings everyone along on the journey. Yeah, love that. So the really big important question, we're talking about showing up and being yourself making it your own. It's a community. It's a two-way street. So there's conversation back and forth. How do we turn this into clients? Because I think mm. that's everybody's right. Like, okay, fine. I'm showing up and I'm putting value out there and, and people are watching, but like, it's not turning into clients. So how right. do we take what you and I have described and how do people make that into clients? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really important that as well as the enthusiasm that we have processes for converting people to clients. And ultimately, it is a buyer's journey, right? It's like someone comes into your group as a lead, brilliant, what do you do with them? Do you nurture that relationship? It's a bit like we were talking about the garden. Do you keep watering that relationship? Do you offer them some value? Or do you just, they're in the group and then you kind of forget about them and they just get lost in the group? So we have to have a process, we have to have a journey that we take a lead through from the time they come in coldish to the time when some of them become clients. And the, probably one of the most important things I can say is systematize that. So have it be a process. Don't do what I did in the beginning and just have it be really hit and miss and be like, well, yeah, I'm going to chat to some people in the DMs and I'm sort of nurturing them kind of, but I'm not tracking them. And so I forget who I'm talking to. Don't do that. <laughs> really bad idea. It will slow you down. So I talk in my world about the four client generating activities and I'll just go through them real quick. This is nothing new. You guys will have heard this before. But my question to you is, are you doing it? That's the key. So mm -hmm. the four activities are lead gen. That's just bringing new people into your sphere. Number two is nurturing. So nurturing those leads, creating a relationship. Number three is creating client magnetic content. And number four is ask. Invite them to work with you, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do all the rest of it and then we forget to ask and then wonder why we don't have clients. You need all four, okay? So we've talked a little bit about what comes first, which is the enthusiasm, you showing up, you being engaged, you having some conviction and some personal power. But now we're looking at the, I like to call them masculine energy structures, right? So it's like the process that you're going to take people through. So you're going to do your lead gen. You're going to bring new people into your Facebook group. But once they get in there, I want you to really be clear about what you are doing with them. So how are you going to foster that relationship? I love to say that clients are created through conversation. So we have to build those relationships. We don't have to. We get to. We get to build those relationships. We get to chat with people. We get to be curious and see who they are. Identify the gap they have between where they are now and where they want to go. And then you can start to help them bridge that gap. What we do, how we do it, the lead comes in. You open the conversation. You can do that through a welcome message, right? Hey, welcome to my group. Here's what to expect. I see that you're a, you know, you have a dog like me because you have a look at their profile, right? That's opening up a genuine relationship. That's being curious about someone. 
And from there, you're going to take them through a process and you're going to offer them a free resource, right? Find out what it is they need specifically. And you will hear the same problems over and over again in your niche. So what are those top three problems? Have a free resource. You can send a mini training. You can just do a Facebook Live and, and have a mini training and send that resource to the person specific to what they've said they need, right? So it is relevant to them. And then follow up a few days later. Hey, name, how are you getting on? You know, how did you find the resource? Oh, what follow-up questions do you have? And just keep going deeper with that person. Keep asking questions. Not everyone's ready to buy right away. See, they might be in your nurturing process for a week, a month, or a year. Who knows? But you are going to track those leads and you got to hear me on this, people. you got to track your leads, right? You can do it in a spreadsheet. You can do it in Trello. Or you can use a fancy software. Up to you. But track your leads. Otherwise, you will lose people and you will lose clients. And then you're putting out content based on what your people are saying they want. You're polling your group. You're having that two-way conversation. So they are building the note, like, and trust factor. And then the sweet spot, when when the time is right, make that ask. Would you like to hop on a call and talk about working together? That is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's not like just a little PS on the bottom of a post. You can do that too. But it's a clear, direct ask. Would you like to come and work with me? Would you like to explore my program? Love that. Like literally everything she just said, I hope everybody that's listening is taking notes because that was like beautiful and so valuable. And I'm really happy to hear you say tracking. Mm. and asking. Not that all of it wasn't important, but I feel like those are the two areas that I see the most often where my clients who come to me who have the gap are really struggling is they're not tracking what's going on with these conversations because yes, conversations are what create these opportunities, right? And the way that we start conversations is we ask questions, we stay curious, we get to know somebody. But if we're not tracking that, and I know in all of our brains, we're like, I'll remember that. Even I made this mistake at first. I was like, oh, I'll remember it, right? Because the conversation meant something to me. Or, But like when you have 18 conversations in the same day, sometimes you won't, you just won't remember that. And so tracking it, like you said, spreadsheet, Trello, whatever you use. I teach Trello inside of my programs because that's what I used to use when I, it was just a great way to, to keep track of those things. But if you're not tracking it, you will have things falling through the cracks. And I always like to say the fortunes and the follow-up. Yeah, absolutely. And the majority of people don't follow up and they don't follow up because they don't remember because they don't have a track or could be because they're nervous or whatever. But that's a big piece, the tracking. Yeah. 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 I can remember going back through my, my DMs a while ago, and this was before I was tracking properly. And I found some messages from ages ago, hot leads that were really interested that I had just forgotten to reply to. And I was like, Wow. Learned my lesson there. Track the damn leads. <laughs> there you go. That and the other big one that you said, um, again, not that every step that you gave wasn't important, but the ask. So many people do all the things right. And then they get to the point where there's an opportunity there and you've got to have the courage to ask for the business. And I love that you even broke it down to like, and I would even say, how open-minded are you to jumping on a call and seeing what it would look like for us to work together? And you've got to be that bold to, because a lot of times, and very often the, the people that you and I work with are in the health and wellness field. Not, not every coach necessarily is, but I think so often what we need to remember is the people that do want to work with us 
are also a little scared or nervous to take that next step. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we we want to assume, well, if they really wanted to work with me, they'd reach out. Well, they've got their own insecurities. They've got their own hangups. And although they might very much want to work with you, maybe they're still a little, I don't know, they've got their own thing going on. But one personal reach out from you could be the reason that they go, yes, I do want to jump on a call. Thank you for reaching out. Absolutely. I mean, if we think about it the other way, we've probably been on the receiving end is when we're considering with working with a coach and we're thinking about it and maybe we're following them, watching their stuff and they say something, we think, oh, I could reach out. But we have all these questions in our head. What's going to happen? Can I afford it? Is she going to give me the hard sell? I'm a bit scared. Oh, I think I'll just listen to her for a bit longer, right? But if that that coach actually reaches out, starts a conversation and then asks the question, oh my God, it's an opportunity, right? And we can do things too to really help with this. So when you're doing your ask, if you are doing it in, in a written format on a post, let them know who it's for so they can self-select who it's not for. Then ask them, you know, tell them what you want me to you want them to do, send me a DM, but tell them what's going to happen after. After you do, I'll ask you some questions to see if there's a fit. I'm not going to hard sell you. If appropriate, I may suggest we jump on a call to get to know whether we'd be a fit to work together. Because when we're sitting there considering whether to reach out, we've got all these questions. But when we know, okay, when I send that DM, this is what's going to happen it takes a lot of the fear and guesswork away. It just calms the nervous system. So you're saying reach out and say, here's what happens next. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, why wouldn't we want to give somebody, um, it, it's just like pre-framing on a, on a call that you get on with them. Like, let me tell you how the call is going to go. We want to put them at ease. We want to let them know what to expect. And no, I'm not going to hard sell you. But if I see some opportunity that I know something that I could recommend could help you, I'm going to make that recommendation. Absolutely. It's leadership. And that puts somebody at their ease. And I know you you know this, Nicole, and, and you may well talk about this, but it's like when you make a sale, facilitating that sale. So not just like, oh, yes, yay, yay, I've got a client. What's going to happen next? Next, you'll get the agreement. Here's when you'll make the payment by, etc. So it's basic leadership. And um, I've got a story for you, actually, which I think you'll love. One of my clients, was doing a beautiful job at the first three activities from the four client creation activities. She was doing her lead gen, doing an amazing job of nurturing. And she had all these really beautiful hot leads that she had been having relationship with, sending them value, nurturing, but she wasn't asking them. And so we had a session and I found out what was going on. I said to her, right, you, Go and ask all of those hot leads clearly and directly to hop on a call. And we crafted a message and she went and did it, did it and she got seven sales calls booked in. So that's the power of love that, ladies and gentlemen. Love that. Surprise, surprise. Like that's the thing at any given point. I mean, that's the first thing I ask people to come to me. They're like, I want to know how to get clients. Why are you not getting clients now? And more often than not, almost every single time, what we uncover is they're not asking. Mm. people know right now some people in their world who might be interested are you making the ask and and obviously the nurturing and the connecting like all of that is important right but I find that that's what's happening so often is people aren't asking just to like what you said with your client she went and got seven sales calls booked yeah there are people in your sphere who are ready to work with you right now 
right? Mm-hmm. And so the tracking so that you don't lose them and then the asking. And here's another tip, right? Just because they say no now doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's no forever. I've had it where people have said to me, oh, they said no, and they kind of shrink away and never talk to that person again. And I'm like, no, no. You know, they're wherever they are in their buying cycle, that's fine. Keep nurturing. So many of my clients, most I'd say, said no before they said yes. Yep. So that's interesting. I should I work do. out percentages. But I know. I should I as you're saying that, I'm like, I want to go back and look. And I, I actually said not too long ago I was gonna do that because yeah, a lot of the people who have paid me a lot of money to work with me for a long time actually were a no from the beginning of like, not right now. That, that's what I say. A no is just a not right now. And we can't control when somebody is in a position to buy. That's up to them. That's their free will decision to make. But what can I control is how I show up, how I create community, how I serve, how I keep in touch with people. Those are the things that are in my control. And, you know, we just covered this on on one of my coaching calls, the, the follow-up, right? The fortune is in the follow-up. And I think the statistic is 80% of the sales are made from the fifth to 12th contact. And like 2% of people are actually taking it that far to continue following up. And and I would say it's actually more than five to 12 at this point. It's probably more touch points in this day and age, but so many people don't follow through on the follow up and you're making opportunities. Wow, it's so so true. And, you know, something that I like to talk about as well is focusing on the lead indicators versus the lag indicators. So rather than, well, how many clients did I sign? Well, how many reach outs did I do? Did I track this week? Um, Did I follow up? You know, did I do what I said I I was going to do? It's a bit like when we are losing weight, getting fit, rather than how much weight did I lose on the scale? Did I eat well today? Did I do my steps today? Did I do my exercises? Focusing on what we can control, the outcome, the success is inevitable if you play the long game and you focus on that daily. Plus, it's way more pleasurable because we're not white knuckling it like, oh, my God, I've got to get this result. I've got to get this result. We're just like, did I do my reach outs today? Yes. Success. Yep. That's so that's so it. And it's like I always say control the controllables. What can you control in this scenario? And when you're measuring your success by things you can't control, that's a pretty miserable way to mm-hmm. to run a company or to do anything. Because like you said, you it's like losing weight. Well, what, what can you control? You can't necessarily control how your body is going to respond to every single thing that you do. But what is in, in your control are what are the, the things that I'm doing that I can consistently control and show up for? Same thing in our business. Like, what can I control? How can I show up consistently? But when people are ready to buy, that's not up to us. Mm. And the thing is, when you do create the financial success, you'll look back and think, why didn't I enjoy it more? It's easy to say, you know, but that will happen. So enjoy the journey because you're going to do it either miserably or enjoyably. Why not do it enjoyably? And what you create when you're miserably going through it is a lot different than what you create when you're joyfully going through it. And you're right. Someday you're going to look back. Even me now, I look back and I've, I've been an entrepreneur since 2017, I guess officially really uh, since 2019, because I think I just flopped around like a fish out of water that first year. But <laughs> I look back and I'm like, I haven't let myself enjoy it at all the points along the way. Once I started to develop a little bit more and understand a little bit more, it's like, oh, I'm allowing more of like, I don't need the X 
exterior, external validation to find a way to enjoy what I'm going through. And you're right. You're going to look back someday and go, man, I wish I enjoyed that more. Mm, absolutely. You know, yeah. and it's, I think that we created this lifestyle and this way of being for a reason. And it wasn't to have another job that makes us miserable. So it's it's kind of easy to say once you've got to a certain point, but we've, we all go through the journey, right? And um, if I could go back and say something to myself several years ago, it would be, see if you can enjoy it a little bit more, you know, see if you can just take pleasure in the process. And I'm yeah. learning to do that. Um, not always perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but just learning to enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's so important. I like to say measure the, the gain, not the gap, right? So often we're wherever we're at, we're focused on where we're not versus looking at like, wow, what have I created up to this point? There's a lot that I've done to get myself here. And we're not in gratitude and appreciation for what we've done to get here because we're so focused on where we're not. And it just robs you of the experience of really appreciating what you've done. And I think that to me is part of the joy of like, oh my gosh, I've, I've stayed persistent. I've gotten myself this far. Cause like you, if I would go back to my former self from a couple of years ago, I don't think she would believe I've done what I've done. Right. Right. And I say this to clients so often, we're all really bad at seeing our own progress. Right. Mm -hmm. So I say to clients, okay, you know, you're, you're complaining about not being able to get this thing that you want as quickly as you want, but let's look at where you've come from. And sometimes the, the transformation has been astounding, you know, from people who were afraid to charge a couple of hundred dollars to charging several thousand dollars and, you know, being a coach and confidence and all of these things. And we forget sometimes to see right. that. Right. Well, because then it's like, well, when is it ever going to be enough then for you? Yeah. You know I mean, if what you've done up to this point isn't enough, then what is the next thing that you're going to do that's finally going to make it that way? And and I'm not saying we shouldn't always be growing and expanding and working towards something, but like you've also got to appreciate what you've done and right. what you what what it has taken to get to this point. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. And I believe that personal contentment doesn't have a whole lot to do with achievement. Like, yeah, I think we should all achieve the best we can and grow and do great things in the world. And contentment's an inner game. So the two yeah. are not mutually exclusive. It's like, you know, let me work on my my spiritual spiritual self for contentment. Let me mm, do my thought work. Let me be present. Those are the things that 
can help me be more content. And then, yeah, working on our businesses, making them profitable. But I always talk about holding our our goals and intentions lightly. I used to feel like I was white knuckling my goals. So I'd set a goal and then it would be like this struggle when I do it and lots of stress and tension. So these days I talk about holding your goals lightly. And it's just a much more pleasurable way to operate. And, you know, we were talking at the beginning, creating profitable businesses without sacrificing your health, well-being and relationships. So, so much part of it, you know, when you play the long game, when you're building a, a business for sustainability, you're going to show up every day and you're going to do some work every day. You know, take weekends off, right? Have downtime. But ultimately, we're playing the long game. So, therefore, we can take time off. We can practice self-care, see your friends, do those things because you will trust yourself and you will build that habit of consistency. And those actions you take over time, that's what builds the business. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like I talked about this recently. I learned it from um, Ed Milet. I was watching him in an interview and he talked about invisible progress. And I think that's such a great way to explain it because so often we're looking for the physical manifestation of what we're doing, but it's invisible progress that we're we're not able to see. And he used a pinata to explain it. And I just thought that was really great because you can take a bunch of wax with the pinata and no candy is coming out. But on the inside, structurally, there's progress being made to eventually the pinata is going to break open and the candy is going to come out. But it can be hard sometimes when you're not seeing it. Um, but staying in the game, I think, is one of the most important things that you can do as an entrepreneur, even when things feel challenging. Keep going. That's a beautiful uh, metaphor. I like that one. I like candy. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good analogy, but involves candy, right? <laughs> um, so one more question I want to ask you is because I know that this comes up a lot. I've had this question asked to me many times. What do you do if you don't have a lot of people in your Facebook group? Because I think that's everybody's feeling of like, I don't have enough people in there yet. Yeah, it's such right? a good question. I'm glad you brought that up. And one of my clients said something brilliant the other day, because this is the other one that I hear. I don't have anyone in my audience who wants to buy from me. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing expressed in a different way. And mm-hmm. she likened it to when we open up the fridge and we look in and we say, oh, there's nothing, nothing in there. It's nothing to make a meal. And the truth is, there's lots of food in there. We just can't see that there's anything there. We're just like, yeah, there's no, no, no food in the fridge. There's nobody in my audience who's going to buy. Well, I call BS on that. And you you and I have talked about, you know, the, the good old days when we had smaller numbers in our Facebook group. And, you know, what we were saying, and my experience has been, it's not to do with the numbers because you only need a handful of clients for most of the people listening to this. A lot of us are coaches, service-based entrepreneurs. We only need a handful of clients. You don't need huge numbers for that. And actually, when you are focusing on the four client-generating activities that I shared, it's about relationships. It's about people. And so you can have a couple of hundred people in your group or, you know, even less. I started off with like 50. I've got clients who started with 35, but they are making relationships with those people. That is actually a golden opportunity to really um, get to know those people in your group. And the group will be more engaged with those smaller numbers. So you don't need big numbers in order to do this. That's the great news, right? It really is the time, I believe, of, of the smaller coaches, the ones who can be high touch, 
you know, if you take people through this process of like nurturing them, building a relationship, serving them, really being genuinely curious about how you can help them, whether they're going to become a client or not, you do not need thousands of people. And my experience has been, you know, I remember my group at 300 people. It's now just over a couple of thousand. Uh, the truth is, it really doesn't feel that much different to me because I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still showing up. I'm doing a weekly live. I'm nurturing people. I'm giving them value. And I'm still probably having roughly the same amount of conversations that I was having back then. Um, a lot of the people in my group don't engage at all. And that's OK. You know, so and and I imagine that it's the same if you go up to several thousand people as well. So you really do not need big numbers in order to create clients and to create a six or multiple six figure business. And um, I hope that's Boom. good. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Sorry, I, I interrupted. I just was like that. That needs to be like right there. Yes, you don't need that, which I think is hard to believe when you're a new entrepreneur because you see the numbers and you feel like it would be easier if I had bigger numbers. But I really appreciate what you said, too, even with a couple of thousand people in your group, what you're doing isn't any different. And the number of conversations that you're having isn't any different, because that's what I've seen as well is like, it still feels the same to me, to yeah. be honest. Do you know what I yeah. came to, you, Nicole, um, was that because I used to I remember feeling like that if I just had bigger numbers, if I just had more eyes on my work. Then I got the bigger numbers and I still had the same experience around getting clients. There was still an element of struggle to it. And what I realized is it was actually because I was afraid to do the things I needed to do. So I was kind of nurturing, but a bit playing at it. I wasn't fully tracking properly and having it be a system. I wasn't being the CEO of my business. And I definitely wasn't asking as strongly as I could. So so often we say that. And, and again, I'm not judging anyone because I've totally been there. But um, so often we say that. And then actually, it's not that there's no one in your audience, it's that we're not showing up and doing the thing consistently that we need to do to um, fill the pipeline, to nurture those relationships, to warm them up and to have people ready to say yes, or we're yeah. afraid to ask. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Well, and I love the refrigerator analogy, because like, there's a full meal in there, but you're not seeing it in that way, because it's all this, you know, separated ingredients. Yeah. And I think it's the same in our Facebook group. It's like, no, there's people in there that are watching everything that you do. I had, um, I have many conversations like this, but the one that comes to mind right now, I had a woman, it was like two or three years ago. Um, we had a, we had a sale. She signed up for a call with me. She said, I'm, I'm interested. And I, she wasn't on my radar. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But she was in my group. And, um, and I connect with everybody when they join my group, but she was just one of those that was more, I guess, like an auditor. I just thought that she came in and whatever. So we get on the call and she said something that I say all the time. And I said, Oh, I say that all the time. And she goes, it, whatever it was, I was like, yeah, I say that all the time too. And she goes, yeah, I learned that from you. And I said, Oh, really? Where? And she goes, Oh God, I love all your videos. I watch all of them. Uh... And I was like, Oh, you don't ever comment. And, and what was funny about it is she had told me five minutes before that, that she had a Facebook group and she was doing all kinds of things in there, but nobody was engaging. Nobody was comment commenting. Nobody was liking her stuff. Wow. And she's like, oh, yeah, I watch all your videos. I love all of them. Like, they're so valuable. I said, I've never seen you comment on, on anything. She goes, no, I don't. I just I just watch. And then I, just, I wanted her to hear what she said. And she goes, oh, I'm doing what people are probably doing in my group. And I said, uh-huh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. You never know who's watching. And sometimes people say to me, well, it's like this client just fell out the sky. Well, no, they were watching you the whole time. We just don't realize it. So it's that's the invisible how progress. Yeah. Yeah. The invisible progress. You don't know who's watching. You don't know when they're showing up, when they're getting value. As a matter of fact, that same woman said to me, she goes, oh, my husband watches with me too. He loves your stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. You're more famous than you knew. Hey, you have people watching you that you don't even know. They're not even actually in your group, um, but yet they might be watching you. Yeah. And again, the, the refrigerator analogy, I love that because I can remember doing it as a teenager to my mom all the time. Open the fridge. There's no food, mom. And there totally is. Just you have to put it together and make a meal. And so in this case, that is the four client generating activities, right? You're taking those ingredients, those people in your group, you're putting it all together, taking them through a process. And some of them are going to become clients for sure. Yep. Yep, exactly. Love that. This was so valuable, Julie. So, so valuable. Thank you for sharing. You're incredible. Your clients are just so lucky to to have you. And um, I know you and I have been friends and we've talked so many times. I just, I love the work that you do. There's so, so many similarities to what we do. And I'm really grateful that I was able to have you in here today to share with my audience. So thank you. And now tell us where can they find you and connect with you further? Because I'm sure they're now blown away going, where can I find her? So share with us. Oh, thank you. Well, look, thank you for having me again. I, I always love talking to you, Nicole. It's always such a pleasure. And uh, if we're not talking business, we're talking dogs and, and things. So thanks for having me. <laughs> Place to come and join us and find us is on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook group. So it's uh, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash do business like a woman or one word. So you can just come and join our community. Uh, we do amazing things over there. There's a chance to promote your business and share and network. I believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. So I like to give a space for entrepreneurs to share what they do. Um, you can get training. I do free training in there every Monday, all about generating clients, six figures. I love to talk about masculine and feminine energy in business, all the really juicy stuff. It's a beautiful community. We have loads and loads of fun, um, lots of free training going on. So do hop on over, come and see us there. That really is the best place to find us. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Do business like a woman. We'll make sure that we put it in the show notes as well. So you can just go to the show notes and click on that. It'll take you right to Julie's group. And again, Julie, thank you so much for being here. I adore you. I'm so glad that we were able to do this. And uh, for everybody who was listening, thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you, and I can't wait.